if you brought your Bible and yacht, if you're at church, turn to Deuteronomy chapter 30, please. <clears throat> and I'm gonna, I'm gonna teach maybe a little lesson. We're gonna be, go to a couple sections of scripture, um, and maybe we'll get to preaching. We'll see what the Lord's will is in it. Um, I wanna discuss, uh, rules-based theology with you versus the grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Deuteronomy chapter 30, and we'll begin in verse 10, and, and, and across America, People are being uh, dragged back under the law. And so I'm going to try to warn you about this so that we, uh, so that we err not and stay in the faith of Jesus Christ. Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 10. I'll start in 11. Start in 11. For this commandment which I commanded, which I command thee this day, it is not hidden from thee, neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that thou shouldest say, who shall go up for us to heaven and bring it unto us, that we may hear it and do it? Neither is it beyond the sea that thou shouldest say, Who shall go over the sea for us and bring it unto us, that we may hear it and do it? But the word is very nigh unto thee, and in thy mouth, and in thy heart, that thou mayest do it. See, I have set before thee this day life and good, death and evil, in that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, that thou mayest live and multiply. And the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land whither thou goest to possess it. But if thine heart turn away, that thou wilt not hear, but shall be drawn away, and worship other gods and serve them, I denounce unto you this day that ye shall surely perish and that ye shall not prolong your days upon the land, whether thou passest over Jordan to go to possess it. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and cursings. Therefore, choose life that both thou and thy seed may live, that thou mayest love the Lord thy God, and that thou mayest obey his voice, and that thou mayest cleave unto him, for he is thy life, and the length of thy days, that thou mayest dwell in the land, which the Lord swear unto, the, unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. Holy Almighty Father God, thank you for your holy word, Lord God. We thank you for the law of grace and the mercy that we found in Jesus Christ, Lord God. I pray uh, primarily that you would open these people's ears and their hearts and their and their eyes and their minds, Lord God, and, and pour your holy word into their heart that they sin not against you, Lord. And God, I pray that you would uh, help me to deliver this message which you have given me, Lord God, for uh, I, I can't do it without you, Holy Father God, and I need you in this hour. Uh, as much as ever and more, Lord God. And I pray all these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So you might be thinking, well, Fred, it sounds a lot like we're under the law and we've got a bunch of rules to keep. And I want you to turn to Romans chapter 10, please. And we're going to discuss the, the, the rules-based theology versus the law of grace through faith in Jesus Christ and the mercy that God has had on us. Romans chapter 10, please. And we'll start. I'll read you a couple verses and we'll go through these a little bit. 
And just initially, I would say that I'm so very, very glad to be under the new covenant with Jesus Christ and uh, and not have to keep the, the rules-based theology because um, no man ever could. And so uh, we'll read a little bit from this. And um, I would say that I just want to tell you that I, I, I don't like clothes much like this. And I usually don't wear them, but I like this jacket, just so you know. I like this one, you know, and these aren't my regular clothes. But, uh, but you know, I like this jacket, so I figure I'm aware. There's somebody in here knows what I'm talking about and why, and so it's still funny, though, nonetheless. So, yes, yeah, so I'm going to wear a proper jacket tonight, and I'll try not to mess the preaching up by trying to look like I know something by the clothes I'm wearing, okay? <laughs> Romans chapter 10 and verse 3 says, For they being ignorant of God, speaking of the Pharisees, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves under the righteousness of God. So what the Pharisees had done is under the law of God is they had given grievous burdens to bear upon the people, but they themselves created their own excuses and their own law, and they had gone through the commands, and and and, and Jesus laid this out to them flatly. John the Baptist called them vipers. Jesus called them the sons of the devil. And um, because they had laid these burdens on everybody to follow the whole law completely, but they had excused themselves by making their own rules, you know, that they would be okay to do as they pleased. So they went about to establish their own righteousness. So we can, and, and I might get ahead of myself a little bit, we could tend to look for a set of rules and then a way around them. And I do this, you know, I'm a sinner and not only that, but I'm rebellious, people from northern England and southern Scotland, and I don't think there's a king we never fought against, you know. So uh, so we went back there in the tribal wars, and the, and the kings of England, I'm pretty sure we fought them all. So that's a little background on what's going on in, in chapter 10 of Romans. And verse 4 says, For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness, to everyone that believeth. And this is going to be our verse, and we're going to talk about this. Um, God placed this verse on my heart a couple weeks ago, and I pondered it, and I didn't really struggle with the meaning of it, but I wanted to know what that means, that Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. And we're going to talk about that, and that's the, that's the primary purpose of what we're doing here tonight. Verse 5 says, For Moses, Moses, describeth the righteousness which is of the law. And we're, he's, a, he's about to reference the section in Deuteronomy 30 that I just read to you. So that is, Deuteronomy 30 is the end of the law. And from that point, Moses goes on to establish who's going to do what. He hands authority to, to Joshua to take them into the promised land. Moses is 120 years old, starting in verse 31, and he's preparing to die, and he's preparing them for his departure. So he's setting everything in order that the children would go in and know what land they would have and know to follow the law and know to to keep the covenant and that they should follow Joshua. And God had anointed Joshua to be Moses' heir. And so that's the background to what we've been reading, we read the end of the law, the last chapter of the actual verses that give you the 630 some odd rules. So in verse five says, Moses 
describeth the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise, say not in thine heart, who shall ascend into heaven, that is, to bring Christ down from heaven, and who shall descend into the deep, that is, to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what saith it? The word is nigh, that is, the word of faith which we preach. And so he is paraphrasing Deuteronomy chapter 30, and we'll, and we'll compare a couple of these verses. Um, Moses, the Lord does not through Moses talk about bringing Christ down from heaven and raising him again from the dead, but we're not under the old covenant. And this is what Paul is explaining is that we're under the covenant, the new covenant and the blood of Jesus Christ. And that as Moses said, are you going to go up to heaven and bring the law down to us and keep it? Or are you going to go across the sea and bring the law to us? You have the law. It's established. I've given it to you in the book of Deuteronomy and supported some by Leviticus. And so Paul is paraphrasing that and saying we're under a new covenant and new covenant in the blood of Jesus Christ. And so what are you going to do? Are you going to go up to heaven and bring Christ down again? Are you going to crucify him again? Are you going to raise him up out of the depths of hell and set him on the right hand of power? Are you going to do these things or is God doing these things? And which law are you going to follow? Are you going to follow the old covenant or are you going to follow the new? And um, background generally to the, um, <clears throat> to, the, to the new covenant in total and all of the writings in the New Testament is that the world was in great upheaval. The Jewish world was in great upheaval. The Old Testament was being ended. The temple would be destroyed. The worship system was being ended that had been implemented for thousands of years. A lot of people were confused. It's it's in here over and over again. What is the new law? What shall we do? How shall a man be saved? And so that is the, the total overarching context of the of the new covenant, the New Testament in the first century is the Jews were confused. And the Gentiles were confused why the gospel of, of, of the Jew gospel was being preached to them. They were confused about it. And so the, so the New Testament sets out to lay all these things down that we might not sin under the new covenant. Um, and so Deuteronomy with support from Leviticus is the primary doctrinal thesis of the law under the Old Testament and Romans under the New Testament is the primary doctrine of grace through faith with support from a little bit from Galatians and Hebrews and a couple of other places. And so um, as background on the law, and I'll stop there about that before we all fall asleep. So, <laughs> so I mean, it's I, I enjoy it, but, you know, talking about the law can be a little dry. So um, that so that's what Moses is talking about. But but Paul changes the language a little bit from um, uh, in Deuteronomy. 30, 14, you don't have to turn back, I'll read it. But the word is nigh unto thee in thy mouth and in thy heart that thou may doest. Paul says, the word is nigh thee even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. So that is, so that is the difference in the end of the old covenant law and rules-based theology 
and the faith of, of, of Jesus Christ and grace and mercy under the new covenant. And so, uh, um, I, so I have a few things I want to tell you, a few supporting things about that, and we'll talk about that. Um, Romans 10, 4 again, I'm going to try to refer back to this, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. So that's the topic that Paul is talking about because it's the end of the law in Deuteronomy chapter 30. So literally he's saying, I'm going to, re- I'm going to reference the end of the law for you and tell you what the, what the end of the law is after you've kept all these rules. Where do you end? At the foot of the cross of Jesus Christ. That's exactly right. So, so you can, so we, we have a tendency and, and like I said at the outset, there's, um, there's, there's a movement across America to drag people back under the old covenant, under the rules-based theology, under the law, and heaven forbid it ever enter in here. But, I mean, you can, you can go back up Mount Sinai and try to bring the law back down, and there's thunderings and lightnings and earthquakes and hail and fiery darts killing any living thing that moves. And you can try to go back up there and follow that law if you want, or you can just turn to Christ and follow him. And be saved by grace through faith. And so um, the law, is, the law is, is very dangerous. And I'm going to explain to you why it's perfect and holy and no man can keep it. That's the necessity of Jesus Christ. He was the only righteous one. The only one who could keep the law. The only one who could fulfill the law. He is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. Romans 3.20 says... Therefore, by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified in his sight. That's in the sight of God. But by the law is the knowledge of sin. By the law is the knowledge of sin. So trying to follow a rules-based theology, and we're going to talk a little bit about different ones and not just the old covenant law, but following any rules-based theology is going to land you in a world of inability to keep the rules. And that's exactly where it's going to leave you. And you don't have to be a rebellious sort from a from a long line of rebels like me to get in trouble with the law. You can be a good, regular, old, just man and and do good things and, you know, volunteer at the puppy rescue pound. But you're still a sinner. Right. So uh, Romans 5.12 says, wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin, so death passed upon all men. For that all have sinned. So what is the result of sin? Death. And, and what happens to the man who dies in his sins? The wrath of God already abides upon him. And he is destined to the second death in the lake of fire to burn for all eternity. And that's where the law lands you. And no man could keep it. And so even the people in the Old Testament, some found mercy in the sight of God. Noah found grace in the eyes of God. Uh, Enoch, you know, pleased God. And that was his testimony. And so grace was always by faith. It was always by faith. And the law was, the law was always a system to prove God's authority and power unto men that he is the only holy one. And that there is none other holy, there is none other righteous, none other just, but God and his son and the Holy Spirit who are one. And so sin leads to death. And death, the wrath, and hell. Um, and so let's let's talk a little bit about that. Um, and and 
uh, and, and some different things. So you can, it's, you know, recently people have talked about, well, let me search the law and see what it says I can do. And even worse, let me search the law and see what it says I can get away with. And that, you know, that's the Pharisees. That's the law of the Pharisees. What can I do to get away with violating the law? Um, and so you can, you can, for drinking, for example, so we could, we could parse, uh, we could parse every verse about wine and strong drink and make a list of rules and look and see if there's an out and we can try to see if maybe we could have a drink or not. Or we could follow Jesus Christ. We could follow the law of righteousness in Jesus Christ. And so, um, you know, the, this church teaches fundamental Baptist teach that, uh, that, that drinking is forbidden. Um, the presbytery says it isn't, you know, the Episcopalians say it isn't. And, um, you know, they read the same Bible we have. Well, I don't think they use the King James Bible. So that might be, might be a little an error there, brother Charlie, but, uh, so, um, but they, but they have a, a copy of at least of the, you know, of the Egyptian version of the Bible. Um, so, um, so, and they have interpreted a different way. And the, and the Roman Catholics, um, you know, have their little indulgences. They have their list of rules and they've made excuses. And so I would encourage anyone who came out of any of, any of those religions, especially Roman Catholicism, Please, please, please do not switch religions from Roman Catholicism to fundamental baptism. Okay, please don't do that. Follow Jesus Christ in the simplicity of the faith that is in him and the knowledge that he completed the law and that, that, you know, you can, you, you can break the law and still be saved. But heaven forbid that, you know, Paul says elsewhere, heaven forbid that we should break the law so grace would abound and we can prove what wonderful grace we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, and why, why, you know, I, I, I don't drink and I'll tell you why I don't drink because I don't want to tempt the Lord. You know, that's why. That's why. I mean, he saved me out of, out of drinking and he saved me. I mean, you know, you could, you could be the man in the gutter, drunk, doesn't even know where he is, you know. Um, you, that could be you. It could be me tonight. Um, and so, so, uh, we ought not tempt the Lord. We ought not, we ought not to seek, um, to do, to set about our own righteousness and our own will. Um, and so we talked a little bit about wine and strong drink and denominations. And I would encourage you just to, um, just follow Jesus. You know, he, he is the, Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. He's the way, not not back to Mount Sinai, and not to the garden. There's a there's a flaming sword and cherubim blocking the way to the garden. So we ain't setting up the Garden of Eden as some leftists seem to think we're gonna try to do through environmentalism. We're not going back to the garden. We only can press toward the mark that's in the call that's in it's in Christ Jesus um, and press toward the new heaven and the new Jerusalem. In Jesus Christ. Galatians 5, 5 and 5, 4, 5, 4 and 5, 5 say, Christ is become of no effect unto you whatsoever. Of you are justified by the law. Ye are fallen from grace. If you try to justify yourself by the law, seek to come back under the law, 
seek to go back up Mount Sinai and bring the law down, seek to go to heaven and pull Christ down from heaven or raise him up out of the out of the out of the devil's hell, then you have fallen from grace, fallen from the grace of God, wherewith you were called to serve God and do his work and his will that that he might get the glory for it. And you would have the blessings under the new covenant in Jesus Christ. Uh, verse five goes on to say, for we through the spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith, not by the law, by the Holy Spirit of God. We wait for the hope of righteousness. And, uh, and I've preached on that here before. One of the purposes of the Holy Spirit in you is so you know your gods and he's coming back to get his. And, uh, and, you know, I was reading in Isaiah and I was going to preach on this in Isaiah 42 till the Lord changed my mind this morning. Uh, Isaiah 42, God calls Jesus mine elect. So who is the elect of God? Everybody. Walrus Baptist Church, who is the elect of God? Amen. Amen. If you're not in Christ, you're not going to heaven. If you don't have the Holy Spirit of God, he won't know you and he'll tell you to depart from him. And so, um, and so there's a warning in the new covenant too, you know, that we ought not to depart from grace, not that you could lose your salvation, but that we love him for what he's done. Um, you know, read the law sometime, try to even figure out the topics and the headers and which way it goes and how it overlaps. I mean, you just read the 10 commandments. If you violate one, Paul says you violated all of them, all of the commandments, the entire law, but that's not just a, 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 an application point. If you violate any one of them, you've already denied the first commandment. You violated two. And also you violated your parents who, who told you the Bible and the law and you violated the fifth commandment too if you were raised in a Christian Bible believing home and on and on it goes. If you violate one, you violated the whole thing. Literally violated it and not just, not just as a matter of application or, or a point of teaching. Um, so, so Galatians 5, uh, 4 and 5 and 5 and 5 support that some and, and, uh, and the book of Galatians goes on to in verses 5 and, uh, 7 and 8. I mean, chapter 5, verses 7 and 8. Ye did run well, he says to those who have tried to put themselves back under the law. Ye did run well. Who did hinder you that ye should not obey the truth? And what is the truth? Well, the truth of the grace of Jesus Christ, right? And verse 8 says, this persuasion cometh not from him that calleth you. Any call back under the law, any call back under uh, under a rules-based theology, any call of that is not from God. That's not of God. And and I tell you, if you try to follow the law, the devil's going to jump all in there because you cannot keep the law. And he's going to have a field day on you. I mean, he's going to wreak havoc in your in your spiritual life. He'll try to, he, I mean, you, you, if you try to keep the law, will end up here after however many weeks or months, you'll end up at the altar here begging God to take you, begging God to forgive you, begging God because he'll wreck your, I mean, the devil wrecked your relationship with Jesus Christ through the law. And he might, he might even wreck your life through it too for trying to keep the law. I mean, the Lord will say, you want to keep the law? Go ahead. You know, and, and don't think that the Lord won't hand you over to the devil for a season so that you might know he is God and that you might follow him because it happens to people. 
Um, so, uh, so a little bit from Galatians about that and, um, and turn to Romans 14. We can talk a little bit about food and assembling together under the law. Um, and so Romans 14, a couple chapters over and verse one. And so, um, it says we ought not to tempt the weaker brother. And that's what it's talking about. You know, I eat bacon. You know, if you don't eat bacon or you're, if you're an herbivore, you know, and, uh, and, and, and you like garden salads, you know, I'm, I'm not going to tell you that you're, that you're doing the new covenant wrong. Um, and so remember they were dealing with these things. What are the dietary restrictions and, and rules and laws in the new covenant? And what can I do? And, uh, Romans 14 says, him that is weak in the faith receive ye, but not to doubtful disputations. So don't, don't cause people who are either new to, to fundamental Baptist teaching or new in the faith or new believers. Let's not call them to disputations, but let's call them to the faith and grace that is in Jesus Christ. Verse two says, for one believeth that he may eat all things. Another who is weak eateth herbs. Let not him cause it, cause the herbivore weak. I'm just, that's, you, you do what you want with that. So, uh, you know, if you, it, well, I, I, that's just the word of God. I don't know. You, you think what you want. Verse three says, let not him that eateth despise him that eateth not. Let not him which eateth not judgeth him that eateth for God hath received him. Who art thou to judge us another man's servant? And so who's, so whose servants are we talking about? Talking about the Lord's servants, right? So, so who are we if one man says, well, I don't like to eat that, or I don't drink, or, you know, I'm not going to follow the law, or I'm not going to follow Roman Catholicism rules, or the Presbytery and the, and the, and the, uh, and the, and the, and the various catechisms that they have in these things. I'm not going to follow that. I'm going to follow Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the way. So, um, he goes on to say, uh, to his own master, we stand and we fall. To his own master, he standeth or falleth. Yea, he shall be holding up, for God is able to make him stand. So it's God who holds us up in the new covenant. It's God who keeps our faith. It's God who reminds us of when we're sinning against him. And we'll talk about that a little bit if we have any time to talk about, well, we don't want to sin in the new covenant. So it goes on, it says in verse six, he that regardeth the day. And so he's talking about the, 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 um, the, under the, the ordinances and the time and the seasons and the observances that the Jews had under the old covenant. And he that regardeth the day regardeth it unto the Lord. And he that regardeth it not regardeth not the day to the Lord. He doth not regard it. So, so it's basically talking about you're the Lord's. You're his servant. You do what he has commanded you. If you, in the first century, there were people coming out of the law and there were Jews like, well, I think I'll keep the dietary laws. Okay. But don't make the Gentiles do it. And the Gentiles are like, you know, um, I like bacon and I'm going to eat bacon, but I'm not going to force it on you if you don't want it. And so we belong to the Lord. And so, um, hopefully the Lord will make his own context and application there to, to how we eat and live and what we do. Um, and so obviously we're not under the dietary laws anymore. Thank the Lord. And, uh, <clears throat> verse seven says, for none of us liveth to himself 
and no man dieth to himself. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord. And whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. We're not the laws. And we're not the rules-based theology. We're not a denominations. Although I've been here for seven or eight years, it feels like five minutes, you know. And I think I'm in the right place where God wants me right now. But, hey, Fundamental Baptists got their rules, too, you know. And so, so, and I hope, and I hope you keep covenant that's written out there. And I hope you obey the Lord. And I hope you love and have mercy and kindness one upon another as, as we do with you here. Um, but we're not under a rules-based theology. You can follow any of that you want. But we live under the Lord. Or we die under all of that. And that's where death is. Death is back there. And life is in the cross. And the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Um, so, so we talk a little bit about that and let's talk, we can talk a little bit about assembling together. So, um, so we assemble together and, you know, are we only to assemble together on Saturday? I mean, some people are now saying that, you know, that's the, the Saturday is the, is the, is the day God rested and we should rest in him and we should keep the, uh, the old covenant Sabbath. Should, are we allowed to be here on a Wednesday night worshiping the Lord? You better believe we are. Yeah. You can worship the Lord anytime you want. And so, um, you know, then you, so you start parsing rules, you know, what day is the Sabbath? And then you're like, well, I don't know. Can I do this on Sunday? Can I do that on Saturday? And you end up being a Pharisee and trying to live differently than the law allows, right? And so I would, I would characterize it, um, this way. And I want to characterize it this way. So we are, we are, Brother Toby says we're above the law and I completely accept that. I characterize it, say we are outside the law. We see the law. We see what it is, what it offers, but we turn and follow Jesus Christ. We have the law. We have a point of reference. We're not forsake the Old Testament teaching. We're to, we're to use it for edification and strengthening our faith and belief. And, um, and for helping one another and teaching one another. Um, but we see the law and we're outside the law because we're in a new law. We're in the law of grace through faith of Jesus Christ. And so we follow him. Jesus says, uh, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the father, but by me. And we talk about that. I preach it when I witness. But what does it really mean that Jesus is the way, the truth and the life? He is the life. Not the law. And he is the truth. And he is the way. He's the way to heaven. And he's the way to a new home. Um, uh, Matthew 7.14 says, Straight is the gate, narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. Few there be that find it. Man, there's a million ways to hell. There's a million ways to hell. Maybe more. Jesus says in, in John 10.9, he says, I am the door. He's the straight gate. I am the door. He that entereth in by me shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. And so pasture is welcome to the pasture of God. Feed each other, brothers and sisters. Feed each other, you know, um, by the grace that we have in Jesus Christ. And so Jesus is the narrow way. He's the straight gate. There's a million other ways to get yourself tangled up. 
There's a million ways, if you're not saved, to land in hell. But there's only one way to heaven, and it's Jesus Christ. No no man cometh unto the Father but by me, he said. He is the way. So, So the law is complete in Christ, for Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. So we search for, you know, I think of the hall of faith and we search for, we search for, um, a, 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 a city and we search for a country. We search for a city whose, whose maker and builder is God and not, and not the law and not the ways of men and not the ways of, not the ways of, of, you know, dying and going to hell in your religion. And living, living by somebody else's standards. We live by a new standard, a new covenant, a new law, and we seek a heavenly Jerusalem. And we seek, and we seek heavenly mercy from Jesus Christ. And, um, so I would just encourage you, you know, don't twist yourself up, please, in the law. And don't twist yourself up with God. Um, and, 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 and I will, and I will tell you that how many times I can't even count that when I was when I was learning and growing in the faith and starting to read the word and study it, that I thought, well, maybe I'll go do this. And I thought, eh, that doesn't seem right. You know, and it's the Holy Spirit, just little, just little, that doesn't seem right. And lo and behold, in my reading, a day or two later, there it is. Follow Jesus. Don't do that anymore. Right? And so so the so the Holy Spirit is faithful to teach us and guide us and lead us in the way. And if you have questions, Ask your brothers and sisters who will strengthen you in the faith and will show you the way to mercy and grace in Jesus Christ um, that you might that you might find the peace of God. I mean, I meet these people and I witness they have no peace at all in them at all. They're trying to follow the law. And and I think some of them have been saved because you can drag a salvation testimony out of them if you poke and prod a little and they're willing to talk to you. But they have no peace. I mean, their eyes are wild. They're trying not to say the wrong thing. They're trying not to do the wrong thing. They're trying to please, you know, the the apostolics and work their way into heaven or something. I mean, God have mercy on them. You know, and I meet them, and they're, I mean, they are, they are out of, literally out of their minds, not walking by the Spirit. And, and they're under the con, back, put themselves back under the condemnation of sin where they need not be. Where they need not be. And um, so that's the message I got for you. Um, and so I'll conclude my introduction and then we'll go to Isaiah. <laughs> then I'll go to Isaiah and preach the original message I was going to give you, which 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 not which not um, incidentally to that. Uh, you know, God gave me a four part series on Isaiah chapter 42. And so I connected um, just off just just thinking and, and praying connected like a dozen verses that that. Or show up later and in the New Testament, linking back to Isaiah 42. And so I went through these verses and I was going to give them as an introduction. And a half hour later, I was like, well, we will not do that as an introduction. <laughs> so, uh, so I was going to give you part one to the introduction of Isaiah chapter 42, but instead the Lord changed my mind. And now I'm very, I'm now I'm very glad he did. And so, um, I hope you learned something. Whoever's going to play the piano, come on. I hope you learned something. I hope you have grown in the Lord tonight. Um, I've grown in the Lord um, through Romans chapter 10 and verse 4. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth.
and go ahead and just start playing any time. I'm going to pray, and if you all want to come on down and thank the Lord Jesus, or if you want to pray about these concerns that you have on your heart for your prayer request, come on down. Go ahead, Miss Connie. Holy Almighty Father God, I pray you bless these people, Lord God, and I, keep, I pray you would keep them um, in the knowledge of faith and love of your Son, Jesus Christ. Keep them under the new covenant of faith under the grace of God, that they might know that you are the Savior who completed the law, lived the perfect, sinless, holy life, Lord Jesus, and was buried and rose again the third day by your own power, not by ours, that we would bring you up out of hell, but you did these things by your own will and your own power, that you might bless us under the new covenant, Lord. And all who hear the call can come under the new covenant and into the grace of the Lord, of Lord Jesus Christ and be born again, to follow Jesus Christ never again into the condemnation of sin and wrath and death and hell. And thank you, God, for these things. Please be with all these prayer requests and all these people as they travel, Lord God. Have mercy on them as you've had mercy on so many more in your in your word and friends and family that we know, Lord God. Keep us close. Keep us nigh under the cross as we head toward the new Jerusalem. I pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.